This podcast is proudly brought to you by Sky Racing and Inglis, number one in its field. The Sydney jockey ranks at the moment are bursting with talent. Most trainers would be happy to have any one of a dozen brilliant young jockeys on their horses, and there's so little between them, it's a case of who gets on the right horse on the right day. And one of the best of that elite group is the man who's been watching from the sidelines since August the 14th last year when a barrier trial accident left him with fractures to the C1 and C3 vertebrae and many months of rehabilitation ahead of him. He's worked hard, he's remained positive and he's tried hard not to punch the wall every time a horse he probably would have been riding has won a race. During his absence, he made his debut as a presenter on the Sky Racing coverage over the Spring Carnival, and he did a very good job. Let's welcome to the podcast the one and only Blake Shin. Thanks for your time, Blake. My pleasure, John. Good to be joining you. You appeared to enjoy the experience on Sky Racing. I did, yeah. It was a, it was a good experience, something a bit different for me. Um, was able to you know, join Greg Radley and Ron Duffersey and uh, the team at Sky Racing over a period where I generally would be riding and um, give me a bit of a different insight into um, racing and uh, give a little bit back to the, the viewers and hopefully uh, they would have learned a little bit more about myself and a bit, of, bit more of an insight into what goes on from a jockey's point of view. You've had wonderful family support and the best of medical attention to help you through this crisis, but you've also had a terrific attitude, which has been obvious on the many tweets that you've been putting out over the months. Yeah, that's correct. I, um, I've remained very positive. I feel um, that's due to, I think, you know, I was very, very lucky that it could have been a lot worse mm. and uh, I feel very fortunate um, not to be in a worse position than I was in although I broke my neck and had to be you know put in a neck brace you know I could have been paralyzed if you know the injury was a little bit you know a little bit to a little bit uh, to the more to the left mm. uh, uh, to my to my spine um, and got into my spinal cord so you know, I remain positive. I'm thankful to the good Lord that um, I wasn't, you know, wasn't a paraplegic and I'm able to get back doing what I love doing, riding horses when the time uh, will, will eventually come and uh, we're not far away now. So it's been a long road. Uh, it's been a lot, lot of physio and a fair bit of training, but we're towards a pointy end now. Blake, do you remember anything about that fall? That horse, Pacific Legend, it was very erratic in the first 300 metres of the trial. He looked like he was going to get into trouble at any second. John, I can remember everything up until uh, being dislodged from the horse. Um, as you say, he was very erratic. He was very green. He was having his first barrier trial. He was very timid. Uh, I had done track work on him in the past, and he was quite a nervous horse. Mm. And I was just trying to give him a good experience, put him, you know, up the inside and give him some confidence. But he reacted badly uh, to going up inside runners and shied away from the other horses and uh, took on 
not so much took on the rail, but the rail was on my inside and he had nowhere mm. to go. And um, unfortunately, he went went uh, over the rail and I become unbalanced and uh, my saddle slipped and, mm. yeah, the rest is history. But uh, I remember everything up until um, you know, hitting the ground. Yeah. Your late dad, Gerald Shin, was a champion apprentice jockey in Sydney in the 1970s. And I remember him very, very well, Blake. I, I can remember one Sunday I wanted him to come on to the Channel 9 Wide World of Sports program with me as a special guest. I think he'd ridden three or four winners the day before. And he said to me, uh, he said, I don't know how to get to Channel 9. He said, any chance of picking me up on your way through? <laughs> and he was at Vic Thompson Stables at Rose Hill. Uh, and at the designated time, I pulled up. He's standing out on the footpath wearing a magnificent new suit. He looked like he'd stepped out of a shop window. And I took him over to Channel 9 and he was my guest on the show. That seems like yesterday. Yes, my father. Um, I didn't have a lot to do with my father, uh, Gerald. I, um, from all reports, he was a, a tremendous uh, rider and talent Um the guys in Sydney who I get along with quite well around the, the traps at Ramwick, uh, the Lee boys and um, a few other guys uh, mm. got along with my dad very well and and said that he was a, a great talent, um, mixed mm. it with George Moore and, and uh, you know, went toe-to-toe with him a fair few times and was yeah. a champion apprentice. He so, was very talented. It's a bit sad that I I wasn't able to get to know the full extent of his ability and and whatnot. Um, he passed away suddenly around 50, 50 years old, and um, mm. that's something that yeah, you know, one of my regrets. I didn't get to know him as well as I as well as I could have. But um, you know, it is nice to know that he was a, a good person and a, and a great rider. And Blake, you can be certain. Uh, that a lot of your talent emanates from the genetic forces of Gerald Shin. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, that's 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 good to know. Your stepfather, Lee Hope, always gave you wise counsel and he actually encouraged you to look at possibilities outside of racing. But when you insisted on becoming a jockey, he gave up and he was happy to indenture you himself. Yeah, that's correct. I think I think he knew that I was so fixated on being a jockey. I was eat, sleeping, breathing at twenty four seven. He just wanted me to try and find another outlet <laughs> yeah. um, to take my mind away, and I'm still like that now. But um, mm. he's been a great supporter. Him and my mother have been the backbone to to basically my success. Um, they've been there through thick and thin. Um, Lee uh, has been a, a great role model for for myself. Um, very capable uh, jockey himself when he was a, a teenager and riding and mm-hmm. now he's training him and his son in partnership, Shannon. They do a great job. I admire their worth ethic. I admire how they present their horses. Um, they leave no stone unturned and I think that's um, a bit of a reflection um in, in myself now because um, I like to think I'm a consummate professional and, and I know uh, that stems 
back uh, from how, from them. So mm. um, a good saying is you're a product of your own environment and I'm proud to say that um, they've brought me up the right way. Your first winner came at your 13th ride. It was a horse called Clearly Unique at Kilmore for a trainer called Dennis Berryman. Yes, that was a that was a great day. It was at my hometown in front of a lot of uh, friends and family. Dennis Berryman lived just up the road at Seymour. Uh, he gave me a lot of support as a young young buck, and um, we, you know, she was going into that race favourite. Um, a lot of expectation to get that first winner. I think it was my thirteenth ride. Mm. Um, the saddle actually slipped uh, out of the barriers and I didn't have much control of her and I just basically was a passenger but the mm. horse was too good and um, it was a very, very good day to, to do it um, in my hometown of Kilmore. Mm. Blake, uh, this is a significant day in your career. Your first Group 1 winner came while you were still an apprentice. In fact, you were 17 years old and you won the Adelaide Cup of 2005 on a horse called Demerger. And it has been said that you you were and you are the youngest jockey to win the Adelaide Cup since its inception in 1864. Wow. Wow, yeah. That was, um, that was another, another great day. You know, you, you don't really appreciate your success when you're when you're so young, but uh, you know, I did work really hard to 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 reach those heights and uh, to win a Group One at such a young age was very special. Uh, Demerger, uh, she was a great staying horse. Uh, I ended up riding her in the Melbourne Cup, mm. and you know, watching watching Group Ones from a little kid that's that's the pinnacle for for a rider and certainly mm. myself. And to achieve that uh, when I was so young was um, very very special. You'll never forget the 2004-2005 season. You and Nicholas Hall, both apprentices, fought out the Melbourne Jockeys Premiership. And as a result of it, you won the Scobie Breezley Medal, the first apprentice to ever achieve such a distinction. And Scobie presented it himself at age 91. What a humbling experience for you. It was, yes. I remember... In the lead up to the Scobie Breezley Medal, uh, me and Nicholas uh, Ryan went to uh, Scobie Breezley's home and had a good chat to him, and was fortunately enough able to meet him. And that was, like you said, a, a humbling experience to meet an icon of the sport. Uh, his record was uh, second to none, and the medal now is still you know, one of the most recognised medals in racing for a rider. And um, to be able to achieve that was wonderful. I unfortunately uh, missed out on the premiership through incurring a suspension. I lost the premiership by three wins. Um, Mm. But to win that, it was just just the icing on the cake and um, Mm. it was probably better than taking out the premiership. He was an absolute marvel, Scobie Breezley. Blake, he was 50 years old when he rode his first English Derby winner. In fact, he was a grandfather <laughs> wow. when, he, when he won his first English Derby and they said, well, that'll do you, Scobie. You won't be winning that again. <laughs> Two years later, he won another one. 
Yeah, that's great. <laughs> he that was is. an absolute marvel and a wonderful, yeah. wonderful human being. Yeah, that is fantastic. 2007, you came to Sydney to become stable jockey for Gay Waterhouse. It was a joint uh, arrangement, wasn't it, because Nashra Willow was there at the same time. Correct. Yes, uh, Nash came to be the heavyweight rider and I was up here to be a lightweight jockey. And for, for two and a bit years, um, I really enjoyed that time working under under Gay Waterhouse. She, you know, she really moulded me into a, you know, really, you know, just put put the polish on me in terms of riding at that elite elite level. Mm-hmm. Um, carnival time, and we went to major carnivals all throughout Australia, and you know, being alongside her every morning. Um, <laughs> was a great experience, a tough experience, and held me in good stead for for my future. And um, being a young kid, having to having to um, you know, learn learn the worth ethics and and how Gay Waterhouse likes things done. It was it was mm. a tremendous experience for myself. And you were Sydney's champion jockey in the 07-08 season. Now. You got on a two-year-old with enormous potential and enormous talent, Sebring. He only had six starts before he was uh, purchased for a big amount of money to go to stud. You rode him in five of his six races. Um, Glenn Boss rode him in the slipper. You were suspended then, were you? I was, yes. Yeah, that was a very unfortunate time for me, but I... I was given a lot of support through that time through uh, Denise Martin and, and the owners and Gay Waterhouse, and, and that was very comforting, very tough time for myself, um, missing out on winning a golden slipper and, and riding a horse that I had such a great affiliation with. Mm. And, um, yeah, those races don't come around um, every week, mm. and you never really think you're going to get another chance to, to win a, a golden slipper. So it was pretty gut wrenching, especially like I said, a horse that I had had a, a great connection with, and for people that have been very loyal to me. So it was tough at the time. I got back on him the week later and won a Group One for the owners and um, the Sires Produce. The Sires Produce, and that was um, mm. that was a that was a great day. That was a great day to be able to do that. But to miss a slipper was it was very very tough. I must say, it's hard to believe ten years has already passed since you won the Melbourne Cup. You were 21 years old. You rode viewed to give Bart his 12th Cup. It was a desperately close finish, Blake. It seemed to take forever, you and Bauer. What did you think right when you hit the line? Did you have any idea? Look, it's hard to, it is hard to have an idea when you're that close. Um, John, I really felt uh, at the say the 200 I was going to get rolled by Bauer and then at the 50 Bauer, Bauer peaked on his run mm. and we we're going toe to toe from the from the 50 meters onwards I didn't think Bauer got past me but it was just a matter of who who put the head down at the right time and I was just praying that uh you'd got the you'd got the bob and uh, it's just one of those things in racing that, you know, I, I look back at my career now and I, I look at certain things that have happened and uh, that's that's one thing that I think the good Lord was looking down on me and really helped 
really helped you get his nostril down because um, mm. could have went either way. And thankfully, um, in the Melbourne Cup, my, my, my horse got the number down and I was able to go down in history to win win one of the world's world's most prestigious races. Do you think about it from time to time? I, I do think about it. Not a lot. Um, not a lot. But, uh, you know, I've got a photo in my home that uh, I, I do walk past occasionally and often reflect on it. Mm, I bet it's a big photo. It is a big photo. But as yeah. you know, in racing, you're only as, you're only as good as your last your last uh, winner, but yeah, just uh, yeah. you know, but winning a Melbourne Cup and looking at photos like that, it often brings you back to sort of reality and, and yeah. realise what you've done, and um, it puts you in a happy happy place. Yeah, certainly. You're only thirty one, Blake. You've got every opportunity to win another one, but if you don't, uh, you're in the record books forever. They can't take that one off you. No, they they can't. They can't. That's for sure. Now, you had one terrific season with the late Guy Walter. I think you won 11 stakes races in the season, including the Group 1 Coolmore Classic on appearance. You forged a terrific relationship with Guy. Streamer was another wonderful mare you rode for him, winning a Doombin Cup. Uh, one of the great uh, sadnesses, uh, sadnesses of modern-day racing, the sudden passing of Guy Walter a few years ago, and I know you were deeply affected by it. I was, John. Yeah, I, I still am, actually. Um, you know, he was a guy that, um, you know, guy was a man that I had so much respect for. I really haven't found a, a person that I've connected with in racing as much as Guy Walter. Mm. I have. And we we formed an association of friendship for a couple of years and it was it was like my career was was set riding for him and mm. um, we like you said we won the Coolmore and got on streamer and had so much success I was going to Goulburn riding the horses down there I was riding work at Warwick Farm every Tuesday Saturday for him and mm. it was just a, a joy working for him and his wife Wendy and then the sudden passing of him, it just it really tore me apart. Mm. And um, I, I think of him uh, every week, and uh, it was a tragic loss uh, for racing. And um, you know, I just can't I can't explain it. It's very very sad, mm. very sad to lose such a, a wonderful man. Two thousand and fifteen, two thousand sixteen. What a season, Blake. Five Group 1s, including the slipper on Capitalist. He only had seven starts. You rode him in every one of them. He was beaten by Kiss and Makeup in the Todman Stakes before the slipper, and he lost a few admirers, didn't he, after that defeat? He did, yes. He certainly did. Um, he was arguably the best two-year-old I've ever ridden. I... I I don't like comparing horses, but from from the feel he gave me, you know, mentally, uh, he just he just had the right attitude from day one. He's a very precocious horse. He was push button to ride, mm. and you know, they're the things you look for um, in two year olds. And he had wonderful speed, and uh, from day one, anything that you did did with Capitalist. Um, 
he was just a pleasure and he won he won those first three three races uh, including the magic millions in emphatic fashion and mm-hmm. uh, he got beat in the in the Todman, but he had a freshen up and Peter and Paul Snowden had to give him a little let up into the slipper and that was part of the plan and he just over raced a little bit mm-hmm. in a small field he lost admirers but fortunately enough he bounced back and and showed what a a champion two-year-old that he was and uh winning that golden slipper on on him was just a very very proud moment and um very very special day I think he rode 149 winners that season on all tracks. You were the top jockey in the state of New South Wales. Yeah, that was that was a great year for myself. I worked extreme, extremely hard going, you know, all around uh, New South Wales and um, putting in the hard yards, which is what you have to do this day and age. Put in put in the hard yards and and be. Be, be where trainers need you to, to go and um, that's something that I enjoy, enjoy doing and um, it, it was a great year and uh, to win Australia's leading jockey was um, something that I was very, very proud of and um, it was a great achievement for a, a lot of hard work. Just get you to stand by there, Blake, for one moment whilst we clear a commitment. Back to the podcast after this. The 2019 Sydney Classic Yearling Sale will entail four days of Book One, February the 9th to the 12th, when 808 yearlings will be offered, and the Highway Session, Book Two, February the 14th, which will see a further 205 youngsters go under the hammer. Wednesday the 13th of February will be a Highway Race Day at Warwick Farm, featuring two Highway Handicaps, one for country trained horses, one for provincial trained horses. If the winner of either highway race is an eligible English graduate, the winning trainer will receive a $50,000 credit voucher to spend at the highway session the following day. In recent years, the classic sale has produced horses like She Will Rain, Yankee Rose, Extreme Choice, Extra Brute, I Am A Star, Hellbent and Maid of Heaven, all distinguished Group 1 winners. Top horses just keep turning up from the Sydney Classic Yearling Sale. My special guest is champion jockey Blake Shin, who is hopeful of making a return to the saddle early in the new year. Blake, in recent history, your favourite horse surely is Happy Clapper. What an old marvel. 11 wins, 13 placings, more than $6 million in prize money. He's won three Group 1s and you rode him in all of them. I did, yes. He's certainly he's certainly my fa- favourite horse of recent time. What a, what a champion. What a war horse. And... Um, Horses like Happy Clapper really, really make me, um, you know, give me the goosebumps. They do, and they give me the reason why I I started being a jockey, watching champion horses from such a young age, and hoping that I'd Mm. get get on get on them. And uh, fortunately, I've been able to ride some nice horses, and to ride a to ride a people's favourite like Happy Clapper is very special. Mm-hmm. He's a war horse. People love him, and um, to win, to win three Group Ones and take out features, uh, Ramwick features like the Epsom and Doncaster, yeah. 
Um, it's just a great story. He's he's a war horse. He never lets lets me down. And um, you know, I honestly love the horse. I think I've got a great understanding of him and how he needs to be ridden. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, to win to win, I think eight or nine races on him now. It's just it's mm-hmm. beautiful. And another bloke who has a good understanding of Happy Clapper is uh, the irrepressible Pat Webster. <laughs> yes, they go hand in hand. Uh, <laughs> Happy Clapper and, and Pat. Uh, yeah, just Pat's a, Pat is a, a, a lovable character, um, very funny guy, um, mm. and would do would do anything for um, would do anything for you. He does a lot for the industry, helping. Uh, people that have uh, some some problems and I admire him for that and um, you know he's a really special person Pat Webster and it's part of Happy Clapper's story uh, Pat Webster and I'm mm. delighted to to be able to do it for, for him as well now Blake you talk about a war horse what about who shot the barman <laughs> yeah L- last autumn you got up in the last few strides to win the Sydney Cup on the old boy it was his fifth go at the Sydney Cup, and you'd run second in two previous Sydney Cups on him. Yes, I know, John. It's um, it was, you know, it was like fate really to, for that horse to be able to um, win because he had ran so many placings in Group Ones, and for him to be able to do it at the ripe old age of ten was you know, it was really, really special uh, to be able to do it for the connections who had stuck by me for the past four seasons uh, riding him all all around Australia. It was very special. Who's shot the barman? He's got, he's got a cult following, a bit like Happy Clapper. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was it was just beautiful to be able to, to win, you know, the time-honoured Sydney Cup on, on such a great horse and, Fittingly, now he's he's retired and he's living in live, living legends for for a couple of years, and mm. I think that's a great place where he'll be able to settle down and in, enjoy retirement, and people can go and see him and, yeah. and give him a pat, and that's certainly something that I'll be doing. About eighteen months ago, you felt like a little change, so you took yourself off to the United States of America, uh, in the Chicago area. During the Arlington meeting, you had 74 rides in five weeks, Blake. You won 11 races. What did you get out of that experience? Look, I took a lot away from that experience, John. It was extremely, it was extremely tough, I must say. Um, when you go to a different country, when people don't really know who you are, you've got to You've got to start from the bottom, which is what I did, and I only had a short time. Mm. I felt like I, I had the expectation from, you know, Australia watching me, and when I went there in America, no one really knew who I was, so it was hard to get quality rides at the start, and I had a short time to be able to make it. So, and I didn't want to come home a failure, so I had to work three times as hard to get the rides. And I had to adapt to American racing, mm. and that took a couple of weeks. And it just through sheer determination and hard work, uh, we made it happen. And uh, after a few weeks, uh, results started to happen. People got to 
got to know who I am and have a bit of a feel for me. And um, mm. I, I teamed up with a, a, a trainer over there named Wayne Catalano, Breeders' Cup winning trainer, and he gave me an opportunity. And still to this day, we're friends, and um, it's a great uh, friendship that we have. And I'm fortunate he gave me a chance, and I think I rode six or seven winners for Wayne, and you know the rest is history. And it was a great time. Uh, the riders certainly are, you know, wonderful riders in America. I love their technique. I love how they think about changing horses' leads and, um, you know, riding into bends and, and getting horses to, to correct um, correct themselves to be able to go to the next gear mm-hmm. um, and to get a little bit, little bit extra out of them over the finish. So that's something that I learnt. I am looking to go back and uh, next year, hopefully, and um, if I can make it happen, it would be very special because I think as a rider and evolving as a rider, you can never stop learning, and America is a place where I feel they have uh, some of the best riders in the world, John. Blake, you're currently counting down to the 9th of January when you have a very important meeting with your doctor, and this could be the one where you get the green light. Yes, that's that's correct. I, um, I'm counting down the days. I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll get a positive report, which will allow me to, to start track work and trials and and build on that to, to come back to, to races. I'm... Currently feeling feeling pretty good. I'm doing a lot of physiotherapy, a lot of work behind the scenes on my body, putting it through some vigorous training to to make sure that I'm I'm right for when I get back on a horse, mm. because I think it's vital that I am 110% right for when I return to even sit on a horse. And I'm confident that when the night of January comes, that um, hopefully I'll, I'll get the all clear. But um, there's still a few more weeks to to unfold and um, sweat it out. Sweat it out. That's <laughs> yeah. that's it. We're certainly doing that at the moment. But um, it, it's going to be exciting. I'm really got the got the bug to to get back and start competing. It's a great great time of year, um, just around the corner, the Autumn Carnival, which is where I've had a lot of success, and I can't wait to hopefully be a part of it again next year. Blake, you were responsible for a very compassionate and courageous gesture recently during Mental Awareness Week when you revealed on your blog that you had suffered depression during your life and you encouraged sufferers to recognise it, to address it and to take steps to treat it. Well done. Thank you. Yes, I um, I put my blog out and, and wrote a story on my life actually and um hopefully hopefully people uh, which i know people did read it and i felt it can be relatable to a lot of a lot of participants in the industry and uh, in sport and um you know it's it's nice for myself to to give give something back a lot of people think um sportsmen uh, in the public eye and, and competing at the top level are invincible but I can assure you that they're not um, they suffer their own suffer their own uh, troubles um, you know you tr- you're really uh, trying to set a good example um, 
you know, for, for people um, who, are, who are watching and I pride myself on that. But that comes as, you know, as a consequence, uh, putting myself under a lot of pressure and, and stress. And, um, you know, I released that in, in my blog and, um, you know, hopefully people can, can understand that and, you know, they do you know, suffer a little bit of depression or, or, or struggling at times. Um, you know, don't be afraid to don't be afraid to speak out and and talk about it. And hopefully, by reading that, uh, people people can. I know a few punters who will be getting depressed if you don't hurry up and get back to the races. <laughs> you, you've got an enormous following with punters, Blake, who recognise your tremendous talents. And Sydney racing has been the poorer. Uh, for your absence over the last four or five months. Uh, I, I can't wait to see you back again with that uh, lovely style, that very distinctive style you've got and a wonderful affinity with horses. And there are a million thoroughbreds out there waiting for you to jump on them. Yeah, I can't wait either. I, I must say, look, the, John, the support um, has been overwhelming. You know, I've been out for five or six months and... Uh, I've really been taken back by, you know, the the racing fraternity's uh, support um, through this time. You know, quite often, you know, I've seen, you know, people can be forgotten about um, when they have um, injuries or, or you know, have, have, have left the sport. Um, fortunately for myself, um, I haven't I haven't been forgotten about. Um, I've built some wonderful relationships and um, that makes me very proud of of the person that I am and the people that I, I associate with and I really can't wait to come come back and and look after those people whether it's whether it's riding uh, their horses uh, trainers or owners or um, or, or friends um, who, who are sticking sticking by me at um, week in week out uh, who are going to watch me hopefully go to go to new heights as a rider and um, I can't wait to get back in the saddle when when the time comes and and boot home boot home my first winner Blake it's been an absolute delight having you on the podcast thanks so much for your time and I'll be giving you a great big cheer when that first winner hoves into view in a in a short time Thanks very much. It's been great chatting and I, I wish you all the best for Christmas and hopefully you have a, a wonderful and prosperous New Year, John. Thank you, Blake Shin. And this podcast has been produced by Supernova Sound. The 2019 English Premier Yearling Sale will be held at Oaklands Junction in Melbourne where 786 lots have been catalogued for four days of selling between the 3rd and the 6th of March. The Premier Sale has produced some of Australia's best performers in the last year, including Group 1 winning two-year-olds written by and Seabrook, four-time Group 1 winner Santa Anna Lane and the exciting three-year-old Ring-a-Ding-Ding. The 2019 Premier Catalog is bursting with quality and features siblings to 73 stakes winners and eight Group 1 winners, including Boom Time, Shocking, Pinker Pinker and Seabrook. The sale will be held at a New Look Oaklands Complex, which is undergoing an $8 million refurbishment, making it one of the best auction houses in the world. The dates again, March 3rd to March 6th, and catalogues are available online at english.com.au or in hard copy for the 2019 Premier Yearling Sale.